Hey, thanks for listening to Healing Conversations. This is Stephanie Allen. I'm your host. Every year we're getting older, and with our age comes experience. This is our foundation that's shaping our perspective. Together, we can heal our past, our pain, and our struggle. We can share our stories. Let's explore ourselves, bring awareness to our actions, elevate our routine, and find laughter in the process. Life is not always rainbows, and let's navigate the storms with grace and know that no one here is alone. Together in our community, we will embrace a journey of vulnerability. We'll dive deep, and we're going to look at the light and the heavy of the healing conversations. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to Healing Conversations with Stephanie. I am super excited to launch my very first interview-style podcast today, and it's going to start with my best friend. So this is my first, and you know I don't edit much, so I do hope you enjoy. I just try to keep things as authentic as possible, and I hope you find some goodness in this conversation. Thanks again. Enjoy. All right. Hello, and I am here with my best friend in the world, Becky. Hello. Ingram Zarella. <laughs> you'll always be Ingram to me. Just like you'll be Ooglum. <sighs> exactly. So we're going to just explore and talk about things that matter the most to us, which for me, like, is the basis and foundation. And I'd love your perspective on it. Like, for me, music is the one thing that we've always had in common. Totally. Um, Can you remember when we met? I was trying to think of it myself. Like, I was trying to go back to the first day we met, and I literally can't remember the first day. So... I want to say it was either Miss uh, Miss Clayton's class, okay, or Mr. Grimm's class. Well, it would have been the first, like, right? Yeah, but when I when I think of seeing you the first time, okay, I can't remember if it's Miss Clayton's classroom or Mr. Grimm's classroom. Okay, but there you were with your long ass hair <laughs> and those horrible butterfly clips. <laughs> <laughs> and socks up to your knees. Yeah. Because that was cool in Florida. I know. The I trends know. change wherever you live. And what were, what were we wearing? Ankle socks or something? What was... I, remember, I just remember it being so different. It was. Than what everybody else was wearing. Yeah, or no, it? I thought everybody wore high socks. You guys wore the high socks. I had the short socks. Maybe that's what it was. Because I remember starting to buy longer, longer socks, socks with the like colored stripes. <laughs> yes. And my like blue candies. Socks. Yes. <laughs> I tried to find those candies oh, yeah. uh, recently. Like moon shoes. Yes. I <laughs> love those. I would wear them again. Yeah. They were my fave. Yeah. I think he secretly loved my hair clips. <laughs> they were something. I don't know. Your hair was just so snapped tight around that your was, I. That was South Tampa style. <laughs> I left Tampa <laughs> thinking I was cool, you know, and then I come into a new state and it's not, it is like, 
being an alien. But you know, that's what life's like when oh, you yeah. go from a school to a school. Which you know, you you actually went to a lot of schools Several yourself. Schools. Oh, yeah. Um okay, so I remember the first time you called me and I was like, Who is this? <laughs> Yeah. Did I ask you for your number? I don't know. I don't <laughs> remember. But you called me and I was like, oh, who's this trying to like play a clue? You're like, it's Becky. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> you were like so mad. You should know who this is. Exactly. It was so funny. I was like, oh, yeah, Becky. How's it going? And just from there, I felt like we were inseparable, all of us, with Allie and Claire. and. Oh, yeah. There was just such a magnetic pull. Yeah. You know, I mean, there always has been with you, but definitely with Claire and Allie um, and Lauren too. But she, I feel like maybe I came in and like she went out or because like like she was never, you know, Mm -mm. and it's sad because I watch her now and I'm like, I love this person. I I wish I was like more (laughs) friends with her. Teach me Save your me. ways. Yes, please. <laughs> Show me how you're doing. This. I'm like, you should have been in there. I know. But I don't know what that was about. But no, I think it's just youth and growing and yeah. finding your connections yeah. when you're that young. And, yeah. You know, yeah, music was a huge part of that. Where did music start in your life? With, well, I both my parents for sure, but my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad had records playing all the time. And I, I, you know, Ryan is six years younger than me. So I have a clear memory of a life before Ryan was there. And I remember my dad having this old, like, I think they were called like high lows or low highs. You know, they, they, they look yeah. like a piece of furniture. It's like a wooden yeah. like chest, but you lift it and there's like an eight track in there. There was a record player and he would have records all over the floor. And some of them, not all of them would have like booklets inside, which had lyrics, story behind the band, all this stuff. And he would just have them out. Of course, majority was- Was it like hoarder style? No, okay. he was actually extremely organized okay. about it. Um, even like genres, like Neil Diamond had his own like sect on the like on the um, on the shelf, and then it got more into like classic rock, you know, like Boston Free, um, Led Zeppelin, mm. even like Skinner and stuff like that. But it started there. My wow. dad, there was no hiding it. I mean, he felt music mm. i we could be driving somewhere i'd be sitting in the back seat like on the passenger side of the back looking at him driving and he's just into it man he's just singing sometimes he would get really uh, like emotional mm-hmm. you know and i know and we talked about this before like my dad's upbringing with his mother and his biological father which he didn't know so there was so many untapped unhealed moments and instances in my dad's life and it just really came through music my dad could he was a very loud man he could fight and argue but um he got it all out through music Mm. and and it's such a healer and that's why i wanted to bring the conversation there is because it heals us it it comforts it's an escape like it's so many different things but it brings people together it does you know and i like uh, how you grew up with different musical influences than me and like even just the things that we enjoy like I would have probably never listened to Bob Dylan if it wasn't for you 
I was like, he's an interesting sound, but the way you love him makes me love him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny how we can influence each other yes. in that way. You know, um, much like Neil, Neil Diamond, and this is what my dad loved about him too. I'm not really crazy about Neil Diamond's voice per se, but yeah. he writes everything. <laughs> yeah. And his lyrics are, they're beautiful. Right. Minus porcupine pie. <laughs> Minus porcupine pie. Cause when I think of Neil oh, Diamond, I think Neil. of that song yeah. and us singing it, but I love it because Hot it's, night. Yes. it's so funny it and it's, it brings me and memories of joy. <laughs> Bob Dylan has many songs like that too, yeah. but much like Neil, they're lyricists, they're mm -hmm. writers. And mm -hmm. that's what I love. I mean, that stuff, I don't care how well you can sing because, you know, people will argue that Bob Dylan's probably not the best singer. And but, it's just how you perceive sound because yes. I like his sound. I, I love Bob Dylan. Yeah. One of the tracks is my favorite album. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love him very much. I love and, his son too, Wallflowers. Uh, yes, Jacob. Yeah, and he's super good looking. Very Even though he only had really like yes one popular maybe album itself, but yes. the song itself. Much like uh, his father, great songwriter. He's yeah. been um, on many albums as far as like being in the background of writing. But um, I don't know if you saw the documentary on Netflix, but I think it's called, oh, I'm going to mess this up, Something in the Canyon. Oh, Something, but it, it's about how like Jackson Brown and the Eagles and Don Henley, he used to be a drummer for Linda Ronstadt, who then he quit and founded the Eagles. It was just a cool time to be in the 70s. And um, in the documentary, Jacob Dylan is hosting it along with other songwriters. Really? And yeah, just are they narrating without like being up on the screen? Yeah, they're they're kind of sitting on a couch in the living room and they're singing and then they'll stop and then they'll talk about something and then they'll interview singers and songwriters. From that time it's just it's really it's really awesome you amaze me like you're like a musical historian i love it so much i think i know a lot about music until i sit with you and i'm like where and when and how like you're <laughs> you know everything about it it's and, like well i wish i wish i knew more and just when i think i know plenty you know in recent years losing both my parents and struggling with fertility my heart met brandy carlisle uh, i know I you know ask. and uh I mean, when did you discover her? At what point? I discovered Brandy. So, you know, I guess her most mainstream song, uh, song is uh, The Story. And I didn't really even know that, that was Brady Carlisle. I hate to say that, but um, I can't, I, I think it was the song, The Joke that I heard. And it is so beautiful and raw. It makes my husband cry. It is beautiful and uh, it just resonates. And oh, I love Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> I know you I do. I love her so much. Um, Would really, you say like she's now your all time? She is probably now my all time favorite songwriter and singer. I love her voice. She's so unique. And um, her album, By the Way I Forgive You, um, got me through from 2018 to 2021, <laughs> dealing with fertility and losing both my parents so fast. You know, I kind of, I put grieving on the back burner. I didn't have time. Yeah. I, you know, I had to go home to Arkansas, deal with that, come back to work. Then mom gets, you know, mom's struggling with leukemia. She gets sick and dies and I've got to go back to work. And as much as you want to get back into the normal swing of things, so there's some normalcy and you're moving forward. You think you're moving forward, but you haven't really um, 
looked at grief in the face yet, yeah. you know, and it's not linear and you go back and forth and it gets ugly and then it's beautiful and then it's sweet and then it's awful again and then it's beautiful again and then it's horrible. Zigzag. It zigzags and Brandy got me through that. And mm. I probably, I, I, I listen to it every day for months. So she's like self-help of music. She really is. Because that's my Brene Brown yeah. for like books, oh, right? Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. I think Brandy's very self-aware in her in in her writings. She knows what's up. Totally, when it comes to the heart and the spirit and the mind, and she really she's she's driven by the heart so much. So, oh yeah, I would say that. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah. if, if anyone has not heard of Brandy Carlisle, or if you may have heard a song or two, just start with "By the Way I Forgive You." <laughs> it's a great. By album. the way, I forgive you, Brandy yes. with an I. Yes, Brandy yep. with an I. Love it. <sighs> she's the best. So then when you think about uh, the 90s. Oh, God, immediately. You say that. Alanis Morissette. Alanis. Yeah. And then Sarah McLaughlin. I was going to say Sarah or Fiona. <sighs> Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Oh God. The Sundays. Oh, yes. Well, no doubt is oh, probably yeah. mm -hmm. a big one for me. Um, what would you say is God. like a song that uh, – well, Beaches is like a movie that I think of like our friendship and like watching something and the music. Yeah. Well, Bette Midler. I mean, Bette Midler. Yeah. And Barbara Hershey was yes. great. Yeah. And I was thinking the other day, like so many people have never seen When Harry Met Sally. Oh. Or what, what about Bob? Uh. <laughs> or Groundhog Day. I know. And I'm like, who would I be without these movies in my life? I and know. like I know. There's so much there's so many movies, great movies and songs that have just formed our culture that, that raised us. Mm -hmm. We were just talking about this. We were raised on television and I yeah. I remember uh <laughs> I forget the channel it was, but if I was up really early, um Austin City Limits would still be on. And like, I remember watching like the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> oh my God. Kelly Parton, Merle Haggard, like all these old, these old Southern souls. And I just, I just, that was what we watched on TV in the early morning before. I mean, we were up before probably the cartoons were on. So instead of Coco Melon. Coco oh <laughs> no. That is what you were watching. Yes. See, for me, I was, I can't remember. How, like, I guess what era, like, how early are we talking for you for that? I mean, I'm 12, so 95. 95, okay. So that was fifth grade. I can always remember what grade I was in by the year because it's always on that number. So oh, really? 95 is fifth grade. Yeah. That's for us. I don't, that does not apply to all, but for, yeah, <laughs> we were born at a good time yes. to track. Um, so that, oh my God, I remember in fifth grade, I had a friend, this is living in Tampa on waters and Humphrey Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sketchville, USA. Um, <laughs> not the best this place. girl, Mimi and I watched Grease. No, the first Grease mm -hmm. every single day. So I would just like sing those tunes all the oh, time. Yeah. And I think we're both kind of obsessive compulsive, like music and movie, like <laughs> until I've have it memorized. Yes. I need Even it. So, 
I'm, I'm literally in bed the other night and I just kind of wanted to just disconnect from the house. Like we put our son down. I was so tired. My son, I think woken up like four in the morning. I just wanted to like get in bed and I don't really watch TV in bed. We have a TV in our room. It's covered in dust, but I turned it on and I went to Hulu and I'm like, Oh my God, Ghostbusters is on. (laughs) So I watch Ghostbusters and my husband comes and he's like all the time with the eighties. Was it Ghostbusters one? Yeah. Oh, they have both on there. I struggle with one. With those like gargoyles and it gets weird. I love it. I love part two. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) Bill Murray's just my favorite. I think so. He just owns everything he does. He's real special. Yeah, he is. I I just, I wish for everyone to watch Bill Murray's movies because. (sighs) Even some of the oddball ones like Moonrise Kingdom, I think it's called. Oh, like newer, the newer kind of years. Yeah, for sure. Yes. St. Vincent. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was very good. He's just a special kind of human. Yeah, he is. And he even has done some kid ones, too. Like, I can't remember the latest or when I learned about him in something. I can't remember what did it was. Did he do Garfield? He did. That's what it was because we just Garfield? watched it. Me and Avery. Now, that's like a 90s Garfield because it's like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, my God. And some... Dude, I don't know his name. I haven't seen it, but, but I, yes. I remember it. Yes. I, you have to watch it because it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny. It's like... <laughs> I can see him doing the voice. Yes. I just see him. The same face Garfield makes. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, that's where I was like, there was a kid's movie, and but you nailed it. You got it. <laughs> you were always the one for movies, though. I was the movie. I can never remember movies or shows... And there were so many movies and shows that you'd watch I'd never even seen. Yeah. Like, what's the one that we make fun of? The, can anybody hear me? <laughs> <laughs> that was... Friends Forever. Friends Forever. Friends Till the End. Or Friends whatever. Till the End. Is that it? Shannon Doherty. <laughs> and I think it was actually a Lifetime movie, and I don't even really like Lifetime, but that one was... Uh... <laughs> well, and I like <laughs> all the dark was. comedies that you just don't understand, yeah. like right. War of the Roses. Yeah, I think what we've done... I know. Well, that's why I love you because, and actually, that's why I loved all of us because I've never had a friend, a group of friends moving so much where I was so close to you and, and we were all kind of broken in our own way. No, it's true. And we was like, we were made for each other. No, I was hoping we would get to this part going back to the girls because You know, going back to talking about music and healing, I feel like all the stars aligned in such a way during like 95, 96, 97, because my parents got a divorce. I was really struggling. I was held back in sixth grade. So I was in a class above Claire and Allie and Lauren and all of those, all of these women now that um, still shape my life, Yeah, you know, and I'll never forget being held back. I was so mortified that so I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be these, these people know me already. They're going to see me in their class going, why is she not in seventh grade? And I was so mortified. I remember, I, I will not forget this. I remember walking into class, biting my cheeks so hard. So I didn't cry. I was bleeding. I was so mortified. And my classmates, Adam Jones. Yeah. Uh, Claire's <gasps> husband. Oh my God, he was a year I, ahead. I, I remember him looking at me like, mm, shouldn't you 
Okay. Yeah. And, and then no, no one ever spoke about it. And I never really talked with them again. So here comes the mortification. But and the hold humiliation. on. You were born in 1983 mm -hmm. in September. I don't know why. You, was, you were held back because you weren't meant to be there. Well, I now fully believe this. Yeah. Because. But the it, younger you is just judgy and hateful well, and well, rude to yourself. Well, I'm scared. Yeah, and I haven't been prepared for these emotions and these. Did feelings. your mom coach you through anything? Not really. There was a lot of humiliation and shame already wrapped in that. My she gave you her own the sixth grade. She's dealing with a divorce, single mm -hmm. mom now with two kids, putting us through Catholic school. Yeah, and you think of this now. Put it in 2022 terms: being a single mom, paying a mortgage, and putting two kids through Catholic school. Like hell now. Astronomical. Sure. Which I'm sure back then it felt astronomical. I'm sure totally. it was astronomical. And I don't know, I would guess my mom was making 45 to 50 grand a year. Wow. Maybe. At least you guys had the house. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm so grateful for all <sighs> of you. But going back to the healing, meeting all of you and being together in this class, I mean, we could have podcast after podcast mm. and talk about. <laughs> we could have one for Claire, one for Allie, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and all the things that we've done. I remember laying in the dark listening to Paula Cole, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh my God. <gasps> like seriously, there's so many oh, yeah. moments that were sometimes unhealthy. Totally. And dangerous and toxic, yeah. but still like, look at, look, look. Yeah, no. You and know? that's like where I'm going with this. It's like, you have to experience things like you, no, I don't want Avery, my child, to smoke pot later, like when she's like of whatever age, because we were really young. We had easy access. Yes, and no guidance. We were alone a lot. A lot. Yes. Like, oh, I was thinking about being in sixth grade, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm never going to kiss a boy, because that was like a thought in my mind for some reason. And then I start going to the parties, and now we're playing spin the bottle, and I'm like, where are the fuck are the parents around here? <laughs> so like, we just do this? And I'm like, you know, right. pet kissing. And I'm just totally happy with that. But like, it, as an adult, it feels strange watching children have those experiences. Yes, but when, so but they need it. Like, we have to remind ourselves as parents, like they have to have their own experiences. They're going to have their own friend group, like our friend group. I know. And sneaking out windows to smoke oh, cigarettes. Oh God. <laughs> or just hanging out your window <laughs> to smoke a cigarette. Or yeah, hanging out a window smoking a cigarette, tripping over radio wire. Oh my God. You know what and I was then, thinking of oh earlier is how boy crazy you were. Oh my God. Another trauma response to my and uh, and this is horrible, horrible. This is again me thinking like I was not boy crazy. I was the one while we were all at the skating rink. Like, why aren't we skating? Everybody just wants to walk around. Oh God! <laughs> Talk about bad life choices. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> one of many. But that's okay. That is okay. You never actually did anything with oh, him, you know. God. You. No. We all managed to stay fairly innocent, you yes, know. In in this like world of just growing up and self-discovery yes and i love that 
I do too. I cannot, I say this all the time. I cannot believe whether you believe in Jesus Christ or chance or the stars, it doesn't matter. I am mm. so grateful to have been born to who I was born to when, where, and how, and all the women I've met along the way. It mm -hmm. is unbelievable how special that is. I am so, so grateful. Yeah. And again, like that's why we're all here. And that's why times like COVID were so dangerous because we're so isolated and there's going to be this generation of kids who had to go to school at home and then come back into the real world. And, you know, there's going to be some changes in behaviors and we all have to, instead of judge it, like I hate when people are like millennials, this boom. I mean, I am guilty of the boomer thing sometimes because it's just the older you get, the more cynical you become and the yes. younger you are, the more idealistic you are. Yeah. And we can't shame people for being in whatever place they're in because no. it will change and evolve, but I don't want to be an influence into that change. I want you to be that. And for our children listening, like, I want Avery to do it her way. Yeah. Even these little things now, I'm like, I wouldn't want you to do that, but I mean, let's just, you know what? Let's just see how it goes. Yes. You know, I mean, if that's not parenthood in a nutshell is going with the flow and not against it, you know, that, but is that normal? I, I think now more so I think more our mother, generation. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of all, we were just talking about this too, all the platforms for motherhood on social media. Yeah. It's okay now to talk about these things. It's okay to share stigmas vulnerabilities and stigmas and, and shaming. It's, it's so, it's like lifting a veil on all of these things to where you're like, Oh, maybe there is more than one way to do this. And it's still okay. It, we were talking about this too in the car. Yeah. I don't, the most important thing I can do for Roman is, you know, I don't care if he brushes teeth twice a day. I don't care. I don't care about any of those things. If I can just, educate Roman to make him fully believe that he is worthy mm -hmm. and valuable and an asset to this planet, to the people of the community, that he has value as he is. Because I didn't really have that. And it's not that my parents devalued me. They were just so busy with the grind, working. They weren't home. They weren't present. They weren't teaching and educating. They did the best they could. And I think that's every generation. I'm sure the people during the Great Depression were doing the best they could with what they had, you know. And but we're in a unique position. We are. That we don't have to survive life. We can thrive. Yes. You know, we don't have to survive this world. We can bring value yes. to the world. And I think that they could have too. But you know, times they just, they are what they are and they are changing. Well, they are changing. <laughs> and I think too, I mean, I agree with what you just said to a point because what was it in the seventies, women couldn't even apply for a credit card without sure. their father or husband. Well, that just became a thing in the eighties. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yes, now more than ever, yeah. we do have a chance for sure. to do those things. Well, survive. even being young women in the nineties, the shows that we were watching are not the same content that was delivered to our yeah. mothers. It was yeah. like, I'm just trying to think of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 90210, oh, yeah. um, just so many different attitudes, beliefs, 
musical lyrics, yes. Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. Love her. Yeah. I mean, come on. She is my inner feminist. And I, my inner feminist is loud and proud. She does not hide. <laughs> I am for by, I am a woman who supports women. So, but I like to think that the music of the 90s inspired that in me. It was huge. I mean, yeah. where would, I mean, can you imagine an entire generation never knowing Lilifair? Right. Or what that movement meant for yeah. so many women. Mm -hmm. I mean, just women in music in period. You know, women in anything. Women sports. Women in anything. <laughs> other than other so than barefoot and pregnant in her kitchen, you yes, know? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Huge. So huge. It's so exciting, especially raising a woman. Like that was my only goal <laughs> when we did our re our reveal for a pregnancy reveal or whatever. I, my insides just exploded when it was a girl. I was like, my destiny has called me yes. to I the table. Here. I have arrived. Yes. And I think the, the most amazing compliment I ever received in that time was from Allie, our friend who passed away, just for context. She was like, if anyone needs to have girls in the world, it's you because you're going to be the best mentor for women. You are the best mentor for women. Oh, yeah. And I'm just so proud. And I was like crying. I'm crying now thinking about it. But it made me feel so good and validated that my journey is my journey. And because when I was in my 20s, I was perfectly content not having children ever or getting married and traveling to Bali to do whatever business that entailed. Yes. <laughs> Mind in my biz with yes. a cocktail and a mm -hmm. cig, you know, yep. that was what I try to embody, you know, and that all changed with love, yes. true love. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just incredible what becoming a parent does to you. <sighs> I know. And the impact. Oh yeah. And do you do a lot musically with Roman? Oh, yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. Well, I know one of my clients, uh, she is a music teacher down the street. So I told her when Avery's five, we're going to do piano and voice. Oh, yeah. So, I can't wait for that. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to do, too. Yeah. On the guitar, piano. I hope, and I, I hope he takes to it. You know, of course, if he's yeah. all about it, then yes. But I sing constantly. That's mm -hmm. never changed. Never changed for me. Either. You know, <laughs> I, I even sing what I say. <laughs> me too. Well, even when we were young, like it was. Um, How many people we annoy? Oh, God. Continue to The annoy. world. I know. <laughs> so loud. And then I was thinking how many stages we've invaded and, like, <laughs> we'll just invite ourselves to this yeah. party. Move on over. This looks about right. Karaoke bars. Oh, my God. I just drove by Baba Louie's. When was the so last exciting. time you sang with a microphone? Uh. 2000. <gasps> I don't remember. It was pre-pregnancy. Yeah. So before 2019. Oh, okay. So not that long. I thought you were like 2008. <laughs> no, but it was really hard. I mean, when you haven't sang, I mean, you think you sing that way in your car and in the shower, but when yeah. you're on stage, you're really, you're really giving it your all. I am anyway. I am too. And I hadn't <laughs> sang that in a while. I was exhausted. <laughs> And that's all for tonight. Yes. yes. <laughs> Where it used my to be like back to back. Oh to back. my God. How get these idiots off the show. <laughs> We're joining other people. Oh my God. They were like, this is my moment. Yeah. Please sit down. 
I'm stealing it. Yeah. And they never kicked us off. You notice that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember one night, I actually don't remember, but someone told me that um, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day um, that I went up to help some girls sing by taking the microphone from the one who didn't sound good. I'm like, let me help you. And then I pushed her to this. I'm like, oh my God, her self-esteem. This is me helping you. (laughs) That is anti-feminist. But that is the antithesis of me being healthy, which I was not in that period of my life. (laughs) Live and learn though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, So we took a little break and we were cut off, but I want to hit back to the point on um, therapy. Yes. So um, I believe your question was what you would advise someone if they had said, you know, I've been to a therapist, I didn't like it, or it it didn't help me. Mm -hmm. So, um, or actually let's stop there and go back even further to you started going to therapy and what that's done for you and the the journey you've been through yes. not having the right therapist sure okay. sure so um i would i i've been with my husband for 18 years now so i don't quite remember the dating world but i would assume that finding a therapist is much like dating or finding a really good pair of shoes you have to try them on um even if their specialties are all the same um they are not all made, they are not all made the same. So my journey started um, several years ago. My dad passed in 2015, my mother passed in 2017, and you know, um, I waited way too long. I had so much going on in my life. My marriage was in shambles. We couldn't get pregnant. I didn't know what the problem was. I didn't have my mom to call, and I was like, this, this is it. I mean, my only other option was I don't know, not living. And that just wasn't an option. I, I, I was so miserable. And so I went to a therapist who specialized in women's mental health and past traumas and re- relationship matters. So I thought, well, this is perfect. This person's going to be able to fix all of my problems. Fix I felt like problem. Bob Wiley. Yeah. <laughs> if I fake it, then I don't have it. <laughs> so, um, she was not the right one and i wanted a a woman that was important to me so i started out with her and you know you could justify say well they're really great to talk to they're really nice she's really sweet but if they're not helping you help yourself they're not the right ones and that's a hard pill to swallow how do you know you'll know when you leave you might feel better because you were able to vent and you know, create more bandwidth space by getting this off your chest, Mm -hmm. whatever your challenge is at the moment. But if you were not challenged or encouraged or given an exercise to do, or this has been my experience when I have left a therapy session and they basically said, okay, well, we'll see you in a week. I would leave going, okay, cool. I'm going to keep coming to see you. But then I would go home and I wasn't any better than I was an hour ago. And I didn't expect um, and this, this instant fix, but you know, that was seven years ago when I started with her and it's taken me six therapists to find the woman I'm with now. And every time we get off, whether it's an in-person visit or a zoom visit or a phone call, she gives me a, a task 
a challenge. I challenge you this week to address this topic with your husband. I challenge you this week that when um, Roman triggers my son, you know, a feeling inside of me that brings on rage and impatience to do this. You know, she gives me something to do. Work. Work that I myself have not been able to do on my own. I was never given tools. I was never given the discipline or taught the discipline. I was not self-aware enough to do this on my own. So um, I really did go in thinking like, well, therapy will, will, will fix me. Mm-hmm. It's not the therapist. They're going to give you the tools. You have to do the work. And the hard part is just being honest. You know where your problems are. You know where your shortcomings are. You know who you have a problem with. And you have to face that. You have to be honest and hum- and um, humble and know yourself. And that took me a long time. It took me six therapists to figure that out. Like admitting that you have a problem. Admitting that I have a problem. I have a problem with anger. I have a problem with forgiving people. I have a problem with self-loathing behavior. I have a problem with overeating when I get emotional. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, we all have mud, Mm -hmm. you know, but, um, it's, it's not okay to not address those things because the people we love are the collateral damage. That's right. You know, and mud is where the lotus grows. That's right? absolutely right. And you know, I think I've shared this with you before. My husband notices a change when I don't. If he's looking, not looking for a fight, but if he's had a bad day and he's wanting to come and use me as his emotional punching bag, and I don't fight back, the old me would have told him to go fly a kite, mm. go go uh, go yeah. go do something. You know, but. Yeah. I just sit there and listen, and when my body physics don't change and my face doesn't furrow in the brow, and he changes too. Mm -hmm. He stops because he's not getting the reaction, you know, and that's his issues. Those are his unhealed and untapped traumas that he's going to have to address one day, and I've addressed that with him. I've told him these things, but the old me would have been F you, you F and F, F and F, F, and don't you F and, I mean, that was my defense. Right. You know, it wasn't intelligent. That's right. It wasn't thought. It wasn't words. It was emotion meeting emotion. Mm -hmm. And that gets you nowhere. Nowhere. So it's taken me a long time and I am nowhere near I don't even want to say healed. It's going to be a lifelong issue. Well, healing is a lifelong issue. It is. It really is. And, you know, my catalyst for my well-being is is my son and myself. Yeah. I don't even want but, to put Roman over me. And that's huge I, because for yeah. you, at least, because yes. I've heard you many, many times say, for him, for him, for him, for him. Yes. And now you're acknowledging you. Absolutely. That's growth right there, my love. Yeah. That's so it, it's taken a long time. So back to uh, the point I was going to make, if you are in therapy or considering therapy, um, there's so many options. There's counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and try them all on. Try them on. Go see one of each and let them work with you and you see how you feel when you leave. And, you know, don't wait like I did when I had 38 things to discuss and was all over the place. What are excuses that you gave yourself? I don't have time. I don't have the money. Um, and I guess above all else, there's ego that gets in the way. Yeah. I can fix this. I can handle it. 
I, I don't can just, need anybody I don't else. need it. I don't need this. I'll just shove it down. But that's what I've been doing my entire life. Mm -hmm. And that's where my anger has built a tiny volcano in my gut. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that's gonna, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with saying that I am angry. I'm angry at my mother still for things. I'm angry at my dad. I'm angry at choices I've made in my past, but that's all forgiveness. And I'm, I'm working through that. But, um, I do, I highly encourage you don't be scared because you know, I say this with love. You are wasting time. Yes. You are wasting precious time and you owe it to yourself. And that's like time to be happy and healthy yes. Yes. instead of time in the land of resentment. Anger and well, self-loathing behavior. The anger is is holding on to resentment. Yes. And this is just from my own experience. And I actually recently heard to resent is Latin for to to feel again. So you're allowing yourself to keep reliving something painful from the past that you can't control. I know. And isn't that something we hold our pains like a badge of honor and it gives us comfort. It's, it's like an addiction. It's really bad. It's an addiction. It's horrible. It yeah. really is. And it's, it's the worst thing we can do for ourselves. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think when people keep saying the word be present, showing up for yourself, I mean, the best thing you could do is I think everyone should be in therapy anyway, but everyone needs like almost like a sponsor. You need someone yes. that has been through the mud as well. They've got a Lotus coming through. They've been there and to mm -hmm. give you tools. I mean, that's what therapy is. It should be a chest full of tools and challenges and work for you to do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Challenging you to challenge yourself, to question everything, to write it down, yes. to uh, bring it to the light. Yes. You know, I mean, half the battle of recovery and like admitting you have a problem is saying that out loud, whether it's to yourself or to a therapist or to your best friend or into a meeting full of strangers, which sometimes is the easiest because there's no judgment because yes. they're all there for the same reason. Yes. So it's the safest place to be because they're all obligated to be as, as not anonymous as you are. Yeah. And there's so much beauty and healing. I mean, that's basically free therapy, if you ask me. Um, but I strongly recommend therapists as well. I mean, if you have insurance, <clears throat> I didn't understand insurance for a long time. Like how you search for things, yes. going on the website. Yes. You know, they need tutorials for these things. Well, and make it more user-friendly. I started through work. We have the employee assistance program. So I got their list of approved counselors, behavioral therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and then I narrowed down what I'm looking for. And I still had to go through a couple. You'll know some, and they are not all created equal. Some don't return your phone calls. Some do return your calls or emails, but it's like four days later and you need help now. Right. You're looking for therapy. Mm -hmm. You're looking for resolution in areas of your life. And you've taken this, this leap and you need to contact someone. So don't wait. Don't wait. On the subject, um, you know, you're getting your hair cut by me as we do this podcast. Yes. <laughs> and it was the color was processing when we started and you hadn't had your hair done for, you know, since last July with me. And, you know, 
having the space, like I didn't become a hairdresser because I'm an amazingly creative artist, Bob Ross. Like I didn't even believe I was creative back then because of my perfectionist issues. I had a lot of issues, right? Like I was dealing with a lot of things internally that I didn't even know were there, but creativity was something that I always told myself, I don't know. It's just something a perfectionist deals with. Um, not believing in yourself and doubt and, you know, escaping from uh, having parents and addiction and having your own issues with that. But I didn't know how healing it would be to become a hairdresser and to be of service to my community and helping people feel lighter, um, fresh, beautiful when they look in the mirror. Um, just the the way that this career has shaped my heart and my head and and how i how i find the importance in um letting go of weight and um and just feeling fresh and new and taking care of yourself yes i mean even in my unhealthiest times of my life I love massage. I love uh, finding a quiet place to read, going to the movies by myself, you know, things that make you spend time with that person who matters the most. But you having a hairdresser is like a relationship of no other. Oh, it's such a safe space. And taking care of yourself is super important. And so having a therapist is important, going to yoga, having some sort of like movement therapy, music, singing in your car, going for a drive and singing in your car, like going to a concert. We're going to a concert tonight. And that energy that's going to feed our bodies and you're going to have new hair that feels different and it's going to flow and you're going to be lighter than you were when we met this morning. I know. And just having these conversations. I, I, I already feel it. It's so Good. vital. I wish all the women friends in the world did this. Yes. Find time. Even if it's not on a legitimate podcast, record your conversation. Yes. Well, I literally told her, so when one of us dies, <laughs> we have this. But we have that, a record. But yes. that comes from a place of regret because our friend who did pass away in December, I spent so much time on the phone with her um, through COVID and we literally talked about everything and in our friendship the four of us I feel like has always been the safest place for me to tell like the darkest uh like thoughts of my soul yes and it has never felt unsafe no not once never with any of you the dark things that we tell each other and then we laugh like it's almost a form of healing on its own like our friendship is therapy even though it's been toxic at times too but that's like any relationship yes there has to be ebbs and flows that's where growth is found you have to go to battle sometimes yes i remember when your mom died or wait was it your dad i don't know I don't remember which one, but it was such a heavy time for you, and I didn't know how to handle it. It was when my mom died. Yeah, I was like, I am not a good friend. I am shutting down. I am not saying anything right because I am the worst. No, that was, (laughs) well, so you're never, here, here's here's the thing. Here's why I say everyone needs a therapist. Yes. Your mother is going to pass away. Yes. 
your dad is going to pass away, mm -hmm. your children might get sick. Yeah. Something horrible is going to happen around you, to you, near you, all the time. And so sometime in your life, something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And even though you can't control those things, you need tools in your life. I was not raised with strength and feminine independence yeah. and and you know, you can do anything, Rosie Riveter. I wasn't I wasn't around any of that. So when shit hits hits the fan in, in my life, my young twenties, my late teens, even my early thirties, I was like, I can't handle anything. <laughs> I'm not I'm not equipped to handle a parking ticket yeah. or losing my dad. They were equivalent of the same travesty. Yeah. And that wasn't the that wasn't the death or the speeding ticket that's me yep for sure i don't have tools i didn't have tools and i'm not blaming my parents i'm not passing the buck i'm not kicking the can my parents are the best just like your parents right all parents do the best they can with the lens they can see through yep and so but as an adult it's my duty it's my obligation it is my responsibility to go you're not right in this area right you need some help and if you don't something's going to struggle your marriage your job your children well they're yourself. probably struggling already sure sure but yeah. um you know again there's collateral damage it we gets are all, better it does 100 professional 100 percent. i have i had a i have a very dear friend of mine who lost her mother during covid so i am like at this point five years in to have lost both my parents. So when her mother died, I tried to be empathetic and sympathetic. I put myself in her shoes because I know exactly how that feels. I know exactly what that loss and how insurmountable it feels. But I also know how it feels five years down the road. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are gonna wake up tomorrow and the sun is gonna shine mm -hmm. and you're going to be okay. Yes. You are. Because so, I remember how you felt before when you were in the shit. Oh, yeah. I wanted to was, die. I, I didn't know. know how I was going to go on. I didn't know. And it's not, it wasn't even so much, and this is going to sound terrible, it's not even so much that I, that, that I missed my mother so much. I did miss her terribly. She was no longer on this planet, and it's still spinning. Life goes on. And I didn't know how, how do you move on? How do you move on? How do I shower, brush my teeth, go to work? and pretend like everything is okay. Mm -hmm. When this person who made you, bore you, raised you, no matter what your relationship was like, you know, your mother is this unique, yeah. powerful person Ugh. for better or for worse. Yeah. And when they're gone, if you don't have things healed and right, you've got a lot of work ahead of you. Mm -hmm. A lot. And that's, and that's where I was. Yeah. So, and I'm still working on, it. I'm light years better than I was, mm -hmm. you know, I knew that I played a role in that too. You know, I wasn't this victim, you know, I played a big role in that, but, um, I forget, I have forgiven myself. I have forgiven her. And every day I find something beautiful that I wish she could see and be a part of. I talk to her out loud all the time about my son that. and, when I really miss her, I turn on the Carpenters or I'll watch Beaches. I was going to say, what oh, yeah. is it for you guys? The the Carpenters? The Carpenters. My mom taught me how to harmonize. She, she taught me, did. She did. She taught me how to sing. and. You're such a beautiful harmonizer. Oh, I feel like you. Thank you. 
you've always been that person and I just like, well, I start and then you go. Yes. And it always turns out so good. <laughs> I'm like, but otherwise I just feel like, I don't know. I guess I would be able to do it if, the, if it was the other way. Around, oh, you but. totally could. I've actually caught you in songs. Okay. Where you're harmonizing and you, you do well. You do so I just well. don't know. I don't know the laws of it all because... <laughs> It's like, for me, I feel like you have to take a course in everything. Like, I can't run because no one's ever taught me how to run. I would have to take a class. And people are like, you don't need a class no. for that. It came so organically. Singing. I remember being in the back of my mom's Masa 323. And I remember if I was off key, she would, she would, it was, this was a cassette tape. She, she would, re tape. she would rewind it. Go, no, 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 no. Do this and she would do it over and over um the uh barbara mandrell the oh my gosh there were so many <laughs> there were so much so many lessons in singing and music mm, i love that when we couldn't talk we sang yeah yeah i love that i love it and even with your dad you had that yes it's amazing yes yeah music is it's just it's light it's love it's it's pure. It is. And it's been a massive part of our lives. Totally. Our relationship. I yes, mean, I know. God, you know, like even just driving down the street with our windows down. Yes. Like we put on a show <laughs> for the world. <laughs> Back and staff unplugged. Oh, yes. <gasps> Tonight we're going to put on a show. So, yes. <laughs> I hope they're ready. They're like, we paid to see Florence, not you. <laughs> well, get ready. Shouldn't have got these nose bleeders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I love you too. And I'm, I just feel so lucky to have you and Allie and Claire and just that, like, oh, God, those moments that we've had through our life. The Tori Amos concert. Yeah. Um, You know, and being vulnerable and listening to weird music and, you know, like embracing the awkward sides of being a teenager. Yes. <laughs> you sniffing the cool water off. Oh of, my God. Lucas's. Yeah. That him. Puka shells. Puka oh shell. my God. Why was I so boy crazy? I don't understand. You were in love with love. And I would just sit there rolling my eyes, but yeah. also just loving you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Like this girl's gonna get her heart broke sometime. Oh, yeah, but oh yes, I loved it. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you, and I'm glad we did this. Yes, me too. So I hope you guys enjoyed the inside <laughs> of our of our relationship, and music's brought us together and made us better. And the message we give to our children and you know, how we can hope to be the best versions of ourselves. That's right. Every day. Cause that's all we can do is just put action toward that and try. Anyway, thanks Beck. Thanks Beck.